Hi, welcome to the Badly Awesome Movies Podcast. I'm your host Justin and with me as always is Ben. Hello, Hello Ben. Oh shit, I went way too early. I'm here bumping the microphone. <laughs> I was like, I was just going to readjust my knees and I start rubbing against the, the bedside tab- table with the microphone and I just completely talk over you. Off to a great nah, start. At least, at least the technology is working <laughs> last time. It is. We almost packed it in, I think, last time for a day. Yeah, but, uh, we, um, yeah we had a lot of trouble getting everything up and running. Uh, last time, but you've got some uh, new tech today. Uh, Semi new, but I've got this the blue snowball microphone thing here. Whatever Yeti snowball blue something or other. This is what me and Raymond went halves in for when we were doing the Strong Zero Hour podcast, which lasted like five episodes. And so that been just in Melbourne in his um, spare bedroom for months and months, probably a year actually. And I, yep. I messaged him few weeks ago saying can i get that microphone back since <laughs> you're not doing anything with it yeah 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 yeah. so here it is so i don't know if i'm going to sound any better to the listeners or not but the the other microphone is as old as the asia mania podcast was so it's it's old it still works <laughs> it's not the best thing but so this is the same as what you've got isn't it you've got the yeti yep. microphone. I, I've, yeah i've got the blue snowball yeah that's it so that's the technology part of the podcast out of the way. What have you been up to? How's the weight loss going? Please tell me you're progressing nicely. Progressing slowly. Yeah. Um, but but at least, you know, progressing, uh, or at least not going backwards. I've lost just on 21 kilos so far. Mm. Was it 16 so, kilos last time we talked? No, I think it was, was it? 20. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it's... Um, honestly, I've, I've stalled a bit, but... I'm not going backwards, and I've just got to find that motivation to knock knock myself back into shape a bit and and keep moving. But um, yeah, but at least I'm not going backwards, and very very gradual progression. Yeah, yeah. But, but progression is progression. Uh, yeah, you've done awesome work so far, so you can keep on. Uh, Thank you. Pro- keep going forward. Yeah, you're doing really great. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, and. Uh, it, on the on the health front, I'm still sober. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. How over, many days now? Over ten months now, so it's like three hundred three hundred ten days, something along those lines. And uh, I'm like exercising every day of the week. I think at this point, uh, TCW Tasmanian Championship Wrestling, where our training has resumed, in ring training resumed last Monday. So I'm in the ring three days a week, and I'm doing gym. Home gym was that six, the no, five days a week as well. So some days it's like you, you get the double banger in there. So it's a it's a lot that I do, <laughs> plus work and everything. So yeah, uh, yesterday was a day off, so that was nice. And nice. Uh, I think last time we talked, I was on a huge streak of working. Yes, I, I ended were. up doing fifty four days in a row. Then I had two days off, and then I've been on for like fourteen days or something, and just had yesterday off. So. So de- definitely not running out of work. Oh, definitely not. No, I had a nicer money surprise today when ex-wife dropped the kids off today after I finished work. It brings me a letter and it's like, oh, back in two thousand and twelve, our home loan together they they changed the interest rate and they forgot to tell us and we overpaid for a while and uh, we just got to call them up and you we get two hundred and eighteen dollars each for being overcharged oh, nice. in two thousand twelve. It would have been like 136 or something, but then because they didn't give us 20 days notice, they have to give us an extra 80 bucks. 
It's okay. Like, well, this is bonus money out of nowhere. This, we're going to spend this on. This is nice. So, hopefully, there's lots of like secret checks coming in the mail, <laughs> things that you've been underpaid on. I, don't, I was talking to one of my friends, hadn't seen the old year at least, and um, he was saying that his uncle or grandfather or something, like he used to work in the British Telecom, and then like he came to Australia, and you get some sort of pension there if you've worked. If you work for them over five years, and mm-hmm. and then the, he ended up having like thirty years of back of this pension thing built up that they he didn't know about, and they tracked him down, and he just got like this huge payout, and then uh, he still gets something like every year. It's like that would be nice. In thirty years, it's like, <laughs> oh, you remember you worked at that place for a while, and we've we really fucked you over, and now we owe you all this. <laughs> ah, yes, please. So, how's isolation? Are you? Back, Melbourne's Victoria's fucked. What are you guys doing over there? I have no bloody idea. I mean, I'm trying to stay away from everybody, uh, but yeah, you know, apparently that's not the norm. Uh, yeah, our um, COVID cases and stuff just keep going up, which is not a good thing. Uh, you know, um, but as much as possible, I'm not going at it unless I have to. Work's got this, you know, standard 1.5 metre separation from everyone in their desks and um, things like that. I'm not near customers um, unless I absolutely have to get called out to confirm something and it's all by phone. Uh, yeah. We're sitting pretty down here. A, I think it's been like I 40, know. 40 days with like zero active cases, I think, at this point. So, we're doing all right, but I still can't see my girlfriend. Haven't seen no. her since, like, the middle of February, I think, at this point. But she lives in Melbourne for the yeah. listeners. So, I was hoping... I've got a week off next month, and uh, I was hoping that... Uh, well, since those flights are meant to be back on for interstate travel, but mm-hmm. uh, even if I go, then it means I'd have to isolate for two weeks when, when I come back. So, I'm not doing that, because that's no. not, not going to be good for that's work. That's going to stuff your work, yeah. Yeah. And I just don't want to isolate, but then I can't go to go to wrestling training or anything. So, uh, what else has been going on? Been uh, playing a, a thousand seventeen hundred games or so. Or what, how do you go with this uh, this uh, racial justice humble bundle type of thing that we both got the other, last week? Yes, the um, the Black Lives Matter um, itch.io bundle. Yeah, um, which is a mouthful. Yeah, thanks for telling me about that, by the way. Yeah, it. Um, you didn't tell me about it. Somebody else told me about it. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, Greg. I don't know. I, I'm yeah. sure I tweeted it on the on the B Plus podcast. He's like, "Have you seen this? We're going to talk about this." Like, and then I thought, "Oh, I'll better tell Justin about this." But if anybody can uh, find a deal, it's you. So I figured you knew about it already. <laughs> yeah, uh, bundle for racial justice and equality. So, how many games ended up in that? Or games um, slash things one one thousand seven hundred and forty one items yeah for five bucks us yeah so regularly nine thousand four hundred and ninety eight <laughs> retail price what a bargain i'd buy but, that um, i'd buy that for five dollars and a lot of people did it raised over eight million yeah which is just incredible and um i mean it's not great that it's been needed you know that, that these sorts of things have had to happen and um that we've got 
reasons to actually need to have bundles like this and the protests and um, everything that's going on. And I don't want to get too political because I'm very aware that um, I am a middle-aged white guy who... You're not middle-aged. Is, yeah, I'm 44. Isn't How like, is that not middle-aged? Isn't 50 middle-aged? Or is it later? Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm a straight white guy in his 40s. Yeah. So I'm I'm not in any minority group. I just get straight up privilege and I recognize that that I get um get that and um so it's not something I can really speak on with any authority and um now the Bcast your um, wrestling podcast did something last month, didn't you? Yeah, so in conjunction with On the Turnbuckle podcast, Australian wrestling podcast, they got like three or four Aboriginal or non non Caucasian like wrestlers on to um, to talk about everything that was going on with Black Lives Matter in regard to like Aboriginal as well. And um, now we're working on trying to put something together for. I'm sure you're aware of all the sexual abuse and all the wrestlers being fired and the speaking out, hashtag speaking out movement. Are you, you aware about this one? Not the wrestling side of it, no. Oh, so you're yeah, because that sort of it's. I believe it started with David Starr, who was one of my favourite wrestlers, who's absolute horrible person. It turns out lots of uh, things coming out about him. And then uh, that spread through other rest, like uh, other women, uh, whether they be fans or performers or whatnot, speaking out on things like horrible, horrible things that have happened to them about wrestlers. Lots of wrestlers getting released. NXT UK has uh, had a few people get released and fired, and and uh, Australian wrestlers uh, losing their jobs where that are yeah. that are head trainers and things like that. And uh, then. Yes, that moved into the entertainment industry, which was kind of like the Me Too thing from like last year or whenever. And so, with people in the in video games, whether it be writing or video game coverage, that's the probably ones that you're aware of. Then is it? Yeah, that, that's the ones I've started to see, and um, and even D and D. There's um, oh, wow. a couple from. Oh, there's um, some stuff with Wizards of the Coast that um, it's just so prevalent. 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 Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you've got uh, a pandemic, and then we're moving on to Black Lives Matter, then we're moving on to speaking out. And uh, like I said on the B Plus podcast, I hope that people just don't forget about one thing and move on to the next subject. But, you know, we've got to remember everything that's uh, going on and and try to look after everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And not just like. Yeah, we've moved on. We haven't just moved on from from Black Lives Matter. We've got to we've got to do it all, and this, Absolutely. everyone's pissed off, and everyone is actually standing up for things now. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I'm very aware that I'm not eloquent when it comes to speaking out about these sorts of things. Um, I I think my heart's in the right place, but I'm just not good at talking about it yeah um but i'd recommend that uh if you can put the link in the show notes that anyone listening to this check out the um the podcast that you were just talking about that you guys set up um and then they can hear some maybe more 
relevant voices than mine and yours. Um, yeah, so they just had like talking a round table talking about racism in Australia. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens if there's any uh, women feel comfortable uh, talking about the speaking out within yeah. within the wrestling Australian industry. So. Um, so chopping slightly backwards in in our conversation, um, we did both pick up that bundle for racial justice and equality, and um, there are way too many things in there for us to have gotten through or even really had a huge look at. Um, Is there anything have you checked out? Yeah, well, I've only played one game, and uh, of course, no, of course. Uh, on the subject of the, the things we were just talking about, of course, I played the the game that's called One Night Stand. Which I, I saw is actually on it's on the PlayStation Four as well for five bucks, but you can get seventeen hundred things for five bucks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, a point and not point and click. It's like just like a text adventure, multi-story. Like you you wake up and so it's like a very limited animation and art style type of thing. And there's no speech. It's just it's just um, text, and you just choose your answers and you. You, whenever the girl leaves the room, you get to investigate a few different things about the room, and then when she comes back, you can like bring these up as uh, talking points, or you can just get your clothes and get out of there. And I think there's like twelve different endings you can get. So I've done three of them. Okay. So it's just like a small thing you can just have a, have a bash at. If you don't feel like actually playing a shooter or any any action game, just like well, let's see where the story goes. And uh, I've, yeah, I played through three times, and I. I just don't spend that much time at my laptop, so I really have to make a an effort to like let's have a look at these games. Yeah. Is there anything that you've put a bit of a dent into or taken your fancy? Uh, haven't installed any games. I've been I, I went straight for the tabletop role playing stuff. Mm. So there's a game system called Blades in the Dark that I'd heard um, a couple of people talk about. That's got some interesting mechanics in it and. Um, one of the things that they have in there is a um, what's called a devil's bargain, which is instead of just succeeding or failing in whatever your character is trying to do, you can succeed but at a cost. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of negotiated a bit between the player and, and the games master or DM that, um, you know, what those costs are and um, they've, basically put up a a devil's bargain to say well okay you can succeed in doing what you're trying to do but here's the um downside that's going to come from it uh so i spent a bit of time having a look at that so when you say Uh, game system is this like textbook that something you print out and use when you play like dnd or or what is this exactly yeah yeah it um that's exactly it it's a um it's the rule book for that particular tabletop role-playing game. So with Dungeons & Dragons, it's always been pretty much three books. You have a player's guide, which has got all the information on setting up a character and how the characters do combat and what spells they can cast and things like that. There's a monster manual, which has got a whole bunch of monsters and creatures and enemies that can be used and then there's the dungeon master's guide which gives you um a lot of information to help the person the dungeon master the person running the game for the players um but with um a lot of the especially indie um role-playing games it's condensed into the one book and the players might just read the first 
you know, couple of chapters and then the rest is sort of more for the dungeon master to use or the games master or the keeper of secrets or whatever they call the person running the game. It varies a lot from system to system. Um, and yeah, so it was basically just a like a hundred page PDF with the um, rules for how to play this Blades in the Dark, which has got an awesome sort of setting. It's like a steampunk Victorian London where um, the supernatural have broken through into reality. Um, mm. So it's got this really cool sort of setting too. The other one I had a look through was My Way, which is about um, a professional wrestler trying to get um, you know, that one that final shot at the title belt for their um, for their um, promotion. And uh, it's actually done as like a solo thing where you have a deck of cards, you pull out a card, and um, depending on, you, know, and you just consult, you know, say, you know, four of clubs. You look that up on, on the chart and it says, this is what you've done. And you then are supposed to journalize whether it's, as a podcast type of audio recording, whether it's writing it down or whatever, um, what that would look like. And um, it, it didn't really have what I thought it was going to have. It was, um, but this is the thing with these indie collections. It's There's so much stuff that's just out of left field that um, it, it really can, can be very interesting to check out. Um, there are also a few different... Um, supplement type things for Dungeons and Dragons and there's even a I haven't I've downloaded it but I haven't read it yet a um role playing game based on the Persona video game okay. series yeah. called um Stand Up Have you played which, those? Um, I absolutely loved Persona 4 Golden. Okay. It's probably one of my favorite games of all time. I couldn't get into 5. Um and after playing 4, which was a really, really nice... It's probably the best Vita game I've ever played. Um, but going from 4, going backwards to 3, I just couldn't really do it. Um, but uh, 4 I absolutely loved. I've only played that 2D fighting game. Oh, yeah. What was that called? Persona? Uh, not Dancing All Night. That no, was, uh, Arena. Yeah, and I had yeah. no the fucking idea what was going on in that. <laughs> That's all right. Most most fight two D fighting games are batshit crazy anyway. Yeah, if, like I downloaded no, I, bought, I think I bought it because it was quite cheap. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity Saga or something, whatever that one is. Yeah, and it's just like I that, those fighting systems I don't like. Like I love the the Mortal Kombat's though because they actually have like the combo system and just the different move sets and everything like it's just that's my kind of uh, 2d fighter I, mm. I don't get into these other ones where uh, you hold these two buttons down to do an extra powerful version and combos are just like hitting the same button over and over again it's like i don't get this why am i just like <laughs> smacking the square button over and over again to do a combo that can't be blocked or something I, i'm pretty much just a button masher so yeah um when, you know, when I was playing Mortal Kombat, I used to like Raiden because one of his moves was back, back, forward, which is where he'd do, oh, do the, the um, shooting missile thing. 
Uh, yeah, we just like he'd fly across the yeah. screen. Yeah. yeah, it's like I can do back back forward. <laughs> I can't do. You can do it one handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do a lot of the comp- complicated moves. I'm not a great um, fighter, but um, I do enjoy having a bit of a go every now and then. I'll, you know, whenever I get hold of one of those games, I'll I'll play it for a little while and. Um, have fun and then realize just how terrible I am and move on to something different. So, is that all the games you've been playing? Uh, from this bundle, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a bit of Steam World Heist. Me too. The... Oh, have you? Yes. Is it was that a free game or did we buy it both really cheap? I. I feel like had it might it, have been a free. I've had it for ages. Yeah. I must have and... got it on the on PS4 last month. It must have been the free game. Okay. Yeah, and, um, and then I saw Steam World Dig was no, number two was really cheap, so I've bought that as well. So when I finish Heist, I'm going to move on to that because yeah. I finished the original one years ago. Yeah, I I started playing Heist on the Vita, but um, I just found the small screen didn't work too well for it, and I sort of stopped playing it. It's hard to then... ricoch- ricochet those uh, kill shots if you're on such a small screen, I imagine. Yeah, um, and then. Well, yeah, I think because it was free, it just sort of triggered my memory of, oh, I'm sure I've got that, and and I didn't. I went through and just restarted it and played it through the full of uh, the full story mode, and then went. Um, I've got to go back sometime next month and try the new game plus because there's a whole new area that gets opened up, and there was apparently one um, playable character that I forgot to go back and grab so i'll go back and grab that playable character and um yeah keep going where how far into it are you i've gotten on to where you find the other race yeah so i think that's the third world i'm not sure how many or yeah. third zone or whatever and yep. um, that's the, that's the final zone okay yeah so i'm part way yep. through that and i've really had to knock the difficulty down because i it just like end up banging your head again i tried doing it on the second hardest difficulty Yep, but and then you die and just lose so much of your currency. But your your currency is kind of trash because anything that you can buy, you're just gonna unlock from um, finishing missions anyway. Mm. So I should probably just try to finish on the hard difficulties to get more XP and yeah, just leveling up your guys. Like, oh, what ability am I gonna get this time? And I'm just always tempted to just take the same people into a mission all the time. I never really think too much about uh, yeah, making a perfect I'm... squad or anything. I I ended up getting a a combo of three that I tended to use for the last or well, third of the game at least, which was Piper. Yep. Um, Dora. Oh, which one's Dora? Um, Dora the Explorer, the steam robot. <laughs> um, another one with a ricochet um, targeting attack, but. Um, got gets bonus damage for shooting someone in the back. Oh, is that the big frog-looking one? No, no, that's the one that can punch and then move on, which is um, yeah, that's the, one that the other I one I used. Yeah, I take yeah. the big frog-looking one with the one wheel for the leg. No, that's the one with the one wheel that for leg is the one that I didn't actually pick up. Okay, yeah, so I always have Piper yeah. and that one. And then the third one, I'll just kind of change it about whoever's got low XP. And oh, I yeah. like just to sort of build one up. I don't. It's like stop giving me new characters because they're not all going to get the the love they need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, so I and then I went and bought. I haven't even finished the game, but I bought the DLC, 
which opens up missions all throughout the three zones. So I've sort of gone back and forward just to just to get three stars. Cool. So I'm just I think I'm just going to knock the difficulty down just to, to smash out the rest of the game because I don't want to waste time failing missions over and over again. And uh, yeah. You can um, repeat missions just to grind for experience. Yeah, you and don't money you don't get many when it's your second or whatever time. The first time you finish a mission, you get heaps of XP. If you go back, you you, you don't get much. Hmm. Um, so apart from SteamWorld Heist, I've gotten. I'm not a Call of Duty person at all, but I've mm-hmm. been playing a fucking load of Call of Duty World War Two because that's one of the two um, free games on PlayStation Plus this month. I've never done the single player. I've just been playing the multiplayer. And uh, first game of it, I haven't played a Call of Duty game for probably three or four years. So I was never one of those people. But I have a multiplayer, like eight versus eight team deathmatch. And I was the best player <laughs> in the, in the the out of all two teams. And I just like, I was like, fucking hell, I thought like these games, you, people just play these forever. It's like the games from 2017. So the mm. only people playing it should be fucking awesome. But here I am just carving people up. And I've had a, had a match since. I had 24 kills and 9 deaths, which is the best match I've ever played in my life. I was just on fire. So Nice. But it's it's a Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to uh, do the single play at, one sta- at some stage. And I downloaded Star Wars Battlefront 2 because that was the other free game for the month. 115 gigs later, it finally downloaded, and I haven't started Ouch. it yet. So, it's got to be better than the first one, which which was all right. But you know, I, I'm missing out on having a bit of a Star Wars experience. So that'll that'll scratch that itch when I get to it. And that's my video games. All right. Well, we should move on to the movie of the month. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to? So we'll play the trailer, and then you can um, get it kicking. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. Channel sixty-two has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. <laughs> a man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? Okay. You get the drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? Yeah! Open wide! He's Conan, the librarian. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat up the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Ah! Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie. And that was the trailer. You, st- you don't sound prepared. Are you prepared? <laughs> <laughs> never. I have never been prepared, ever. I think we know that. Um, so, movie of the month is UHF by... Um, I, I say I keep saying by Widow Yankovic, but starring Widow Yankovic. It was, it was um, written by him. Also written writer, by so. him and probably directed by him. And 
Um, it has a 7 out of 10 on um, IMDb. Uh, I think you've got Metacritic open. What did, you get? what did it get on Metacritic? Oh, Metacritic has got 32. Um, it was directed by Jay Levy. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he's only directed... I think he's pretty much only directed every single one of uh, Weird Al's music videos. That's uh, His uh, directed credits are pretty much just that. Fair enough. So they've obviously worked together before. Yeah, and, and continue to work like, yeah. to this day. Um, 1989, this was one of your picks. It was? Uh, had you seen it before? You, I can't remember what you said last time. I, I, I had seen it before. It had been quite a while. I had the um, VHS cassette, but the Australian one is um, actually called The Vidiot from UHF. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, the, the international the, release name, isn't it? Mm. All I'd seen of this movie before was the Rambo scene, and I, that was just a few years ago. Yep. So that's that's all I knew about this movie. So, like I've been very familiar with uh, Weird Al for many years, back to the, the mid nineties, late nineties, or whatever. But uh, somehow never saw this movie. Do we um, want to? He's also had a oh. It was a, do we uh, uh, briefly talk about uh, our Weird Al songs or anything like that, or save that to the end? Um, yeah, we might save that for the end. Okay. Have a, have a bit of a chat about what he's um, done and um, what we've seen and liked, and then that'll roll into some listener comments that we've actually had um, this time around. So, um, all right, UHF, uh, starring Weird Al Yankovic, with um, a couple of other um, reasonably well-known um, and uh, sort of, oh, I recognise that person, even if you don't know the name. Yeah, Kramer sort of and probably, uh, and the nanny. That's the only other people in this. They're movie. the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vic- Victoria Jackson, who plays his girlfriend Terry, I'm sure I'd seen in a few other things. And um, Kevin McCarthy, the guy that plays R.J. Fletcher, he basically just um, eats up those sorts of roles. He um, has been in a few different um, movies with that type of character. Um, I was going through the credits and I'm like, David Bowie. What? Yes, I, I was going to say, I was like, David Bowie. I didn't, I didn't see David Bowie in this. I'm like, hold on, which character was that? And then I looked closer and I'm like, David Bowie. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that yeah, which is um his character's best mate. Yeah, um Bob. Uh, so yeah, there, there were and there were a couple of others like um. There were a few um, comedians that had a little guest appearance and and a few other bits and pieces, but um, yeah, definitely Weird Al doing a Weird Al vehicle and Michael Richards and Michael Richards' um, fake teeth were also in this movie. Yes, I Michael Richards drove me up the fucking wall. Like this is pre Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld was only in the nineties, wasn't it? So yeah. yeah. And it's definitely pre-Seinfeld. Michael Richard, like, what was wrong with him? Like, I, every time he was on screen, I just hated him. It was like something was just gross about him. I don't know, the way he was portraying this character and these fucking teeth. He cranked it up to 11 and started chewing the scenery. Which, to be honest, is my favourite type of acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've, I've said that I, many I times like before. too much of it, like he was too much of the focus. Like I didn't mm. want why we're we getting so much of it. Like the plot was about him, wasn't it? It's like he's being kidnapped and he's got to save the, the TV station is the most popular thing. 
It's like, how is he the most popular thing in this movie? It should weird. Our character should be like the savior, shouldn't it? Yeah, um, he definitely got cranked up a lot in the second half of the movie. Uh, apparently, Raoul, Raoul's Wild Kingdom, was actually supposed to have a bigger role in uh, in the movie, but the actor actually died during the shooting. So they they had more stuff lined up for him. So they may have, and I'm just spitballing here, but they may have um, added in some extra stuff for Stanley Spadowski because. Um, some of the other stuff they had lined up wasn't going to end up happening. Right, so, so, what was the actual plot of this thing? Because it starts off and it's doing a parody, it, doing a parody of uh, Indiana Jones and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark with the like. It's pretty much just like shot for shot, just like let's just do the intro to this movie. I'm like, is this what's going on here? Yeah. And then they they start doing like the wackiness, but it was all just like a dream sequence. And I think the mo- the whole movie should have been wacky like um it should have been like naked gun type of stuff was it mm-hmm. it was doing that for a while like even like when they go back to these they've been fired from burger king or what burger the burger house or whatever it was and uh the, what time is it and then because they're next to door to like the dojo and somebody punches through the wall and he's like just grabs his wrist and looks at the watch it's like oh it's seven th- it's nine thirty it's like fucking daylight outside isn't it <laughs> uh it should have been more wacky but they seem to really tone it down and then they sort of did this weird thing where the the stanley spagowski his kind of wackiness was oh, i don't know the tone of the film it shifted into he's wacky um, the world isn't wacky, or yeah, know, what's going on in this uh, sort of Liam, not uh, not Liam Neeson. Yeah, uh, other than other than Stanley Spadowski being that character, all the other wackiness was really just what was going on inside Elle's head. Um, the intro with the um, Indiana Jones, the various ads and commercials and um tv shows that he came up with um the rambo dream sequence um yeah all the real wackiness was just the stuff that was going on the the views you got of um his character's thought process really Mm. um which it sort of jumped around quite a bit and i didn't remember it jumping around so much um the other thing that i misremembered i think is the um the guy from the dojo that also did the wheel of fish segment and um uh which i love i love wheel of fish uh but i remembered him having a bigger role but i think that's just because he sort of is right there at the very start there's the bit with him in the middle and there's a bit there in the end so he's sort of spaced out through the movie i think it just the bit where Thinking. they come to save the day, it's like a supplies cupboard, isn't it? And yes. they kick it open and they go, Supplies! <laughs> <laughs> and um, it is. I, I looked at that and I, I laughed and I thought, Oh man. Is that racist? Should I be laughing? Yeah. <laughs> I was, that's exactly what was going through my head. I was like, Should I be laughing at that now? If you want to think about weird out things that you probably shouldn't be laughing at it anymore, it's. Every song that he's released, <laughs> there's a lot, just like in the hour before recording tonight, 
listening to stuff, and it's like this is problematic, and this some of this ain't that old. Like even yeah. like fat, you know, like listen to those kind of um, just eat it. These songs, um, there's all sorts of stuff that they've done where it's like this is really a bit bit racy and um, anti women in a way. Some yeah. some stuff is. Um, but what uh, about there's, this there's dire a... straight scene? Like, what the hell was the point of that? They just that was just the dire straight song, wasn't it? It wasn't even one of his songs, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, the ballad of Jed Clampett. Ah, oh. so he's done. It's, so it's one of his parodies yeah. of. Um, so he's parodied the tune from oh. Money for Nothing, but it's the Hillbillies and the yeah. film clip, and he's done it for the the Beverly Hillbillies theme for because um, that's what he was watching at the time. Um, I'm just looking so, at my notes. Yeah, it was definitely one of his. Big Edna. So when they get kicked out of the, the burger place, Flatburger or whatever, I've written Flatburger, because he gets run over by the uh, the boulder and then it sort of fades to the burger sizzling on the on the pan. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to enjoy this movie. And then Big Edna like carries him and just throws him so far that it was like it's so, it looked so stupid, but it was like in a really funny way. Yeah. And then uh, this, is, this is a talking point here. Uh... So, Al, what was his character's name? George. George. That's right. George Newman. So, he makes this um, snack, which was, he had a Twinkie, which we don't have in Australia. We might have, do we have an equivalent to a Twinkie? You can probably get Twinkies at some sort of place, can't you? You, American import store. You you can pick them up as, you know, a novelty imported food type thing. But yeah, you don't don't just find them. So, he's got a Twinkie in the wild. With a wiener in it. So, let's just say a hot dog. Inside of a, a Twinkie, and then it was some sort of spray cheese that he put on it. Yeah, and then he dipped it in a cup of milk. So I was on board until he dipped it into the milk. <laughs> I was on board so, until he put the sausage in it. <laughs> um, so ba- basically, you stopped at the Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now this is uh, what I want to bring up. Um, do you have anything similar to this? Like, do you have any like homemade nuts? Recipe thing that you, I, like snack. I, I've got a couple. Yeah, okay, tell me about it. Right. I've got to try them. All right, I'll, I'll run. I'll run through these. I'll give you the simple one first, and this one I reckon is is actually really good. Yeah, you get some M and M's, just standard the, or peanut. Just just regular M and M's, and you pop them in the microwave for about thirty seconds. What? Oh, what are they in a bowl or something? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, just okay. Just not not just not just not, the, not in the bag <laughs> or just on the yeah. spinning tray thing. So, um, and then um, it melts the chocolate but keeps the shell crisp. Oh, okay. So you take a bite and you just get this little pop of um, melted chocolate of, of uh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And um, so you have to eat it with a spoon I'd... or something. No, because you can just because the shell's still. What about all in, the intact? What about all the chocolate that's melted to the bottom of the bowl or plate? No, no, because the chocolate's inside the shell. When ah. you put the when you put the M M&M and M in your mouth and put a little bit of pressure it on there, them. it you know the hot melted chocolate or warm melted chocolate just sort of pops out of it. It's beautiful. Oh, it's kind of like the opposite of um, when a small child. <laughs> When a, like, do when, when, a, when a toddler eats sultanas and then they get turned oh. into grapes when they're in the nappy. Oh. You know, come on, you, you've got kids. Yeah, you've but I've never nappy. given them salt. What? 
But I've never given them sultanas. Yeah, little kids not, have been not... sultanas. Like, I'm not talking about a baby that doesn't have any teeth or anything. But, you know, like a two-year... Oh, no. How, how old are people when they stop wearing nappies? Probably depends. Um, yeah. Depends. You know. <laughs> Adult <laughs> nappies. Nappies. Depends. Um, the, and the, the other sultanas in... get filled and they get, like, turned into <laughs> brown grapes. This is a, this okay. is a true thing. I... I've, I've Don't not, eat them, though. not encountered that. No. <laughs> um... I like. I think I prefer my M and M's to your sultanas. <laughs> um, the other thing I tried once was um, so it couldn't have been good then. A M and M toasted sandwich. I can see. I can see. So an M and M javelin. M and M toasted so, sandwich. Okay, how do you do this yep. then? Well, you toasted sandwich. So, so, so you so butter the outside. You just butter the outside. Put you the... put the M&M's as you fill it. Oh, this is disgusting. You... <laughs> it basically turned out to be a giant-sized uh, chocolate Pop-Tart. Okay, now you got me over at um, a Pop-Tart. Did you say something about Jaffers? I kept talking over you. No, Jaffel. What's a Jaffel? Ja- so toasted, a toasted sandwich. What's, what's Jaffel? Um, is that like a Victorian slang or something? Oh, it might be. You know how you have the... Not a sandwich press, but you have the one that when you... Close it and cook it. It, it has shapes it, in, it. in two quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, two halves, not two. Yeah, quarters. the two triangles. Um, two triangles. Yeah, that's a jaffel. Ah, oh, okay, all right. Right. Whereas a toasted sandwich could be. There's a couple of different ways you can just do a toasted the, sandwich. Like you do it in a toaster oven. You could do it in a sandwich press. You could do it in um, the thing that does the two triangles. And yeah. So you absolutely so that, that loaded this jaffle. thing full of M and M's. I can't remember. It was like I was. I was in uni. Oh, okay, all right. So it's not a current day thing then. No, no. And the <laughs> the one that's closest to the tw- <laughs> the one that's closest to the Twinkie is I would get um I'd get some toast. I'd put a thick layer of uh, peanut butter over it. Then I'd get um some cheese. Yeah. And put the cheese on top, and then I'd put that under the grill. Peanut butter and and. Cheese. and Grill the cheese under the grill, and um, that would actually melt in with the peanut butter and um, so yeah, peanut butter and melted cheese. Did you put any sauce on, on it or anything wacky as well? Nah, nah, just 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 no one seems to like the combination of peanut butter and cheese. I love peanut butter and I love cheese. I don't know if I love them together though, but um, you'll have you'll have to try. Yeah, so it's, it's some of the wacky stuff that I do. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anything, like, not tomato sauce, but, you know, you get some fancy, um, like, barbecue, smoky barbecue sauces or spicy nugget sauce or whatever kind of sauces. Just with yep. just with any kind of crisps or chips type of thing like that. That's just, that's an easy one. That's a gimme. Then you, yep. then you move on to uh, barbecue shapes or any any different flavoured shapes with, um, you just open up the little, you know, the little fun size packets. Yep. Yeah, so you open it up and then put a heap of uh, grated cheese in it. Or, or your cheese of your liking, and mm-hmm. then um, put a heap of uh, barbecue sauce in that. <laughs> Just, uh, then you got like the mini packs of pretzels, and put mm-hmm. tip them into a bowl. Then yep. you tip a <laughs> grated cheese on that. Microwave it so you got some some hot pretzels with melted cheese with some barbecue that's sauce a, on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically um, improvised nachos. Yeah, um, no salsa or anything though, or sour cream. That, that's when you get high end of high market there, top shelf. Uh, but my go-to, something that I, I have way too much, 
Peanut butter. Yep. Protein powder. Okay. Milk. Like I have almond milk, so you have whichever milk. You don't want it to be too milky, but enough to really to soften up soften it up. Butter. Yeah. So so it's uh, some protein powder. So it's somewhat yep. in uh, neutral grain, and then um, peanut butter and milk, and just like really fucking mix it in there, and then just eat it with a spoon out of the jar. So okay. Yeah, that, that's my go-to, and I'll. I'll have that most nights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any Nutri-Grain left, so I'm, I'm not having any tonight. Um, yeah, basically peanut butter with anything, but uh, I haven't had peanut butter with cheese. I do have some cheese in the fridge. <laughs> don't have any yep. bread. It's not a bread household here. That's all right. You've got um, barbecue shapes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm sure you'll work something out. So, if there's anything, I'm sure I've got lots of other stupid things I eat. But uh, I'll let you know if I think of any others next time. So next next month. Um, what was your favourite um, commercial or Gandhi two? Um, Gandhi two. <laughs> yeah. uh, this next no fr- this Sunday, nice guy. Gandhi two. Oh, yeah, that was that was really funny. I like that one. Yeah. Um, I quite like the um, Spatula City. Yes, and. Um, Plots the uh, the the mortuary one with um, plots are us mortuary services where you're walking past and there's just a cemetery with you know, people's legs sticking out of the ground and um, are you tired of cut price dodgy funerals? It's weird that you'd have, he has this um, TV station where he has to like provide all the programming himself on it. I mean, well, it was how does that work? Well, it was basically all repeats of like Mr. Ed and the Adams family, and so is that shit like which... um, free to? Is that um, not free licensed? You know what I'm talking about, where anybody can just use that sort of footage. Well, I, then they did they, they just even put use in... any of it? Yeah, you, I, I know they had the. You saw um, they had Beverly Hillbillies. You did see Mr. Ed as well, didn't you? I don't know. You definitely heard the intro. Yeah. Um, and and a little bit of the theme, but you can use. X number of seconds for parody purposes without having to pay anything. Oh, if anybody would um, know, it's him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the that was basically all that he had for programming was just this all old reruns of stuff from the 70s. Um, and then, yeah, he's come up with the rest of the programming himself. And there were some rippers in there. Um I mean, Gandhi 2, Conan the Librarian, um, you had the, um, oh, god damn it, I've just gone blank, Royals Wild Kingdom, which um, I, I, I quite enjoy. Uh, th- that's the one that I put on when I when I say to someone, oh, you should watch this, what's it about? And I just show them that, that little clip. Um, Wheel of Fish. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Do, Some of these you, things didn't do much for me. No, these the different skits, and then uh, they get uh, Kramer in there to do his to take over the. But George was getting a bit dejected with everything, wasn't he? And he didn't want to do like the Fun House or whatever it was called, Clubhouse. Well, they, he worked out that because um, because they'd worked out the the books and they were going to run out of money within a week, and he was basically on the mindset of, well, I'm gonna. 
lose the station. My uncle's going to be pissed at me. Um, I'm a complete failure. Rah, rah, rah. And that's what he just sort of walked out there and going, Hi, everybody. Are we having fun? Um, and walks off and goes down to the pub and, and lets Stanley take over the show. Um, which is when it all of a sudden becomes this massive success and the money starts rolling in and they get to do their shows and um, he gets reinvigorated. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I think we've covered. Yeah, off. I've looked at all my a notes, of, yeah. And then, of course, the movie ends. They've got to raid, do, do like a telethon. It's like, they've got to save oh, money so the, so the church <laughs> doesn't get bulldozed. Or, you know, the evil other TV station has the trying to buy their station out and just get it cancelled. So it's just one of those movies where, of course, it's yeah. got to be the biggest oh, um, how, threat possible. How many movies have there been? Like, it was just such a staple in the 80s. Like the Brady of, Bunch and all that. Did that sort of yeah. stuff. We've got to raise this much money by this deadline, or, or no, use, lose town hall, or yeah, yep. whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that was very, very of its time. Um, but look, I I enjoyed watching it. There were probably definitely more hits than misses. Um, and the great thing with those skit type things with the commercials is they just went one after the other, and if you didn't like one, the next thing was on pretty quick. Um, so, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Do we want to give it a score now? Yeah. You better just uh, explain the system again. Uh, yep, okay. So, on a scale of one, two, or three, it's just a bad movie. No, no real redeeming features, it's just crap. Uh, four, five, or six is an ordinary movie. Um, so the sort of thing you'd go out and see in the cinemas, um, you know, summer blockbusters, Academy Award winning films, um, you know, all that sort of stuff would be a six, uh, five, four, five, or six. And the high scores of seven, eight, or nine, because we only go up to nine, are for the movies that are so bad that they're actually good. So we're talking Plan 9 from Outer Space, we're talking trauma movies, we're talking weird, low-budget, bizarre things that um, you just sit there slack-jawed watching going, oh my god, what did I just watch? I think I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> makes a um, badly awesome movie, which is a 7, 8 or 9. So where would you put this on that scale? Uh, I feel like it's probably an, an eight. I think. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm in an eight. It's like there's definitely potential. I probably don't sound like I loved it that much, but you know, it had all the makings. It started so strong with just the way some of the jokes were playing out. Like the guy get, it gets flattened and it shows the burger, and then Edna throws him out, and even back with the Indiana Jones bit that the guy's like, oh, "I'm out of here," and he runs out the gate. At the door, and then like a train fucking hits train him. Train hits him. And it's like that, like wacky stuff like that, like loaded weapon. You know, have yep. you seen National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon? Like that comedy, like that's like that's perfect um, comedic movie f- for me. Um, yep. So it was, it was going like that, but then it it turned more into a bit bit of a drama, and then with the, uh, Michael Richards' character, yeah. Um, for me, look, I absolutely loved this movie, um, but it wasn't 
be great. Yeah, I, I, I snuck this in because I, I knew I was going to enjoy it, and I figured you needed a break from some of the really crappy stuff. Yeah, it gave me something to look forward to for a change. <laughs> and um, so, so as a result, I sort of chucked this in, knowing it wasn't going to be a bad movie or a low production value movie or um, anything like that. So um, I'm only going to give it a 7, not because I don't like it, but just because it was a good comedy. And um, I really enjoyed it. It did have, it didn't have huge production values. It was a lot of Weird Al just being Weird Al, and um, it's one of these ones that sort of sits. It, it's not a regular movie, so that's why I'm saying it can fit in that seven, eight, nine category. But a lot of it was straight up just a comedy. So um, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. But um, I definitely, on you know, as far as enjoyment was concerned, it was definitely right up there as um, one I really do love watching. I'm on to movie tropes, like you know the web tvtropes.org, and I'm trying to find yep. out what this, what the um that that plot the movie plot is when it's at the end of the movie they've got to raise money for whatever thing because then mm. this will, then we'll just have a list of movies. It's like that that that's a plot in. Just, I'm scrolling through all these slobs versus snobs, slumming it, socialite, solid gold poop. Like, what movie is about solid gold poop? <laughs> Stage money, stock money bag, suspicious spending, the swear jar. Mm. Um, fundraiser carnival. Oh, are you fucking serious? How did you find that? What did you Google? <laughs> fundraiser. And what's the carnival mean? Well, when a school has a fundraiser, they need ideas on how to carry it out and bring in big money for a cause. Does that have a list of movies well, there? Uh, let's have a look. Are you on TV Tropes? Um, Where are you on? Yeah. Yeah, tvtropes.org. Um, daddy Daycare, when the two main characters need to buy a property to save their daycare business, so they throw a carnival. Um, okay, I found that one. Yeah, like is UHF there? Examples. No. Film. Grease. Yeah. There's a school car in the film, although it doesn't figure into the plot. She's. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't have that many. Live action television. The, the Brady Bunch. See, I knew about the Brady Bunch. Mash. Monkeys. That's so Raven. There's a lot more for TV. It's. I feel like this hasn't been updated very well. Yeah, um, but I mean, it was definitely a thing for um, uh, a plot device. It's like the, yeah, the MacGuffin. It's, it's been done thing, so yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, feedback, feedback. Yes, uh, just remember, just feedback. remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me one, one minute. I'm just quickly scrolling through um, that. Uh, I'm, I'm just you got me on TV tropes now. I'm just trying to find that thing. I uh, remind me to edit this bit out. Yeah, because this is um, this is thrilling. This is taking a few minutes. Yeah, that there are a lot of tropes. Like it's A to Z, and it's just oh fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's that? What are you looking up the feedback? Or are you doing something else? 
No, no, I'm I'm on TV troops. Look, oh. I'm trying to work out that um, what, what you call it? Yeah, I don't. That fundraising carnival, somewhat there. All right, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the the L mentions that we've got as the uh, the Bamcast on Twitter. All right. All right. So um, so we did get a little bit of feedback this time around, which was uh, which is always nice. And so thank you everyone that uh, sent some feedback through. Now, um, Sean Cullen was probably the biggest person to have uh, done a lot of comments for us. So um, he actually replied back a um, couple of days ago to me when I, when I sent out the first request for information. And um, so he sort of said, right, that he, um, he started listening to Weird Al with his second album back in 1984. So um, his favourites are probably a bit older and um, not so much uh, the classics, parodies. Though. Yeah. Um, Albuquerque. Yes. Which I, was, yes. I love. Yeah. that's that. I feel like that's a deep cut, but, you know, if you know it and he knows it. I was, I was, that was the last oh. one I was listening to just before we started. Uh, Albuquerque is just this random set of ramblings that a, tell a story and it's just Weird Al's brain on it's a song that doesn't Weird have a Al. chorus or anything it's just like it's a song that's telling you a story yep yeah. um Colin in Sick Bob Melanie Olsuya but he only likes that one because it mentions Wyoming um who the hell wrote you this I don't see this anywhere no this was uh this was sent to me oh okay um so um that was from sean cullen about a a day ago and um i think all the rest of the replies have come through on the um the bamcast feed so uh let's go to the twitter notifications for bamcast uh oh you've got them in front of you so do you want to we'll get one from your mate morty he says, yep. at, at Justin Knowles, we'll be speaking for hours. He's a Weird Al fan from way back. Good luck editing that. Uh, well, <laughs> luck be it that uh, you're editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've only got to edit out a long silence where you were looking at stuff. Um, yeah, and then another yeah. one from Sean Cullen. I would say this. Find the video. Okay, this is a, This was the most confusing two paragraphs I've ever read in my life, and I couldn't figure out what you were talking about here. Do you want to explain this? Okay, so that was... Devil's Tower or something or other? Like, I tried reading oh. that and I didn't know what the fuck you want about. <laughs> okay, so the um, the Devil's Tower is... Um, th- there was a movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, I'm familiar. And th- there's a famous scene on that where um, the guy is playing with his mashed potatoes and basically using it as a sculpture and he does... Um, this, the, the same thing that Al does on the um, in the movie with his mashed potatoes going, this means something, this is important, um, which is Devil's Tower, uh, which is a natural rock formation, I think. Sean will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it's an actual place in America that um, looks like that. So he sort of appreciated the nod to, to Close Encounters of the Third Time, to- Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, and, yeah, he recommended that we have a look at the actual UHF um, 
music video, the title track for the movie. Yeah. Which I watched 15 minutes before we sat down to record this, and it was brilliant. It just an absolute piss take of so many different um, video music videos from from the 80s. Um, you had Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. You had Billy Idol. You had Guns N' Roses. You had Prince. Um, and uh, he just parodied the crap out of probably close to 20 different songs in the course of one three-minute video. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching that, actually. I'm glad Sean put me on to that. Nice. And do you have any favourite songs yourself? Apart from um, Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque. Uh, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. I don't know that one. It's very short. Okay. Um, and it's more because um, it is this fun. It's just this chirpy little song that goes for about thirty or forty seconds. And a guy I knew at uni swapped out the gym class. Um, tape when he was when he was doing um, his gym session, and that just suddenly popped in in the middle of um, an aerobics class, <laughs> and um, uh, apparently he got absolutely hammered for it, but it was totally worth it. Um, so that sort of just brought it into my circle of, of listening and um, brought back a few good memories. So yeah, I'm, I quite quite enjoy that one. Um, what about yourself? Well, I think uh, the saga, saga begins. You know the uh, the mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, uh, American Pie, yep. one is one. I feel like that was the first big one after like all the the classic, like the Michael Jackson sort of era ones that he was doing. And then mm-hmm. it seemed like he'd, he'd gone away for quite a while, and then that one came out and that, that hit pretty big. And then I really love all the the Pokerama, Pokemania ones, where it's just like a mega mix of yep, where it's just like of covers, Poke- but with his yep. um. Accordion or whatever it is, the the, the yep. polka kind of music, polka. Um, yeah, Albuquerque. Uh, I think the best one, the one with the most longevity, is probably Christmas at Ground Zero. Yes, you know, the night that Santa went crazy. That's that's like really good song. Like not just funny, but like the lyrics are catchy and the music's great and everything for that one. Yeah, um, I, I I reckon I enjoy his original stuff more than his parody stuff. Yeah, some of the parody stuff the, is just lazy. Yeah, I think. Um, although saying that, like like I enjoy all of it, but it's definitely his unique stuff that, like Albuquerque, that that I I really really enjoy. Another one I really um, like is uh, "Trapped in the Drive Through," which is a parody of "Trapped in the Closet." The R. Kelly song. Uh, do you know that one? Is... I don't know that one. So that's a... that's a more recent one, isn't no, that's it? That's on um, Straight Outta Linwood, two thousand six. So that's the one where um, it's just, it's like a re- it's like a long story song. Yep. Like it's almost eleven minutes long, and it's about Ooh. deciding what to get from dinner for dinner and going to the drive-through and just the idea, <laughs> the whole ordeal of ordering dinner and not having the money or mm. whatever and all that sort of shit. So his first three or four albums were like thirty three minutes each. So I hammered through like four albums yeah. this afternoon while I was working. Um, 
Sean Cullen had another reply saying his favourite song, one of his favourites is um, Got a Boogie. Yes, I don't know that one. Um, it's Got a Boogie as in um, Snot. Ah. Uh. Um, and then um, I think that was pretty much all of our notifications. It was basically Sean. Yeah, delivering the goods. <laughs> um, and, and Yeah, and uh, and that one from um, from Morty. But uh, yeah, thank you, Sean, for um, for being involved. We really do appreciate it. All right, um, is it time to reveal next month's movie? I think it is. All right, how can I uh, lead up to this one? Dun, 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 dun. Oh. Hold on, I want to um, at least read some cast members or something. See if we can get there. All right, it's from nineteen ninety-five. It is a uh, in the, the martial arts. Sphere. It's an action and family movie. An hour and 39 minutes. Uh, I'll go on to IMDb. What's it rated? It's got a 5.2 on IMDb. Directed by Brian Spicer. Uh, I could read all the, uh, the, the actors in it, but you won't. Okay, you might know this name. Starring Jason David Frank. Do you know that name? No. Do you know Amy Jo Johnson? No. Okay. Looking at all these other names, like, yes, not going to get those ones. But the movie is... I think I saw it on video once. I wanted to see it at the cinema, but I... Maybe it didn't come out in the cinema here. It uh, didn't hit that big. But the movie is... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The movie! Oh god! Have you ever seen it? <laughs> no. Were you a Power Rangers fan? Um, now, is this the one that's come out this, fairly recently? No, this is ninety five, nineteen ninety five. Oh, okay. All right. I think that's probably better then. <laughs> <laughs> so this is on YouTube, and it's a high quality one. It's been yep. on there since the third of October last year. So I don't know if you want to wait four weeks to watch this because um, it is like a legit copy of the movie that's on here, just for free to to watch. Okay, YouTube, so I'll send you the link. Now, did you watch Power Rangers as a as a kid? Yes, after school, three thirty or whatever time it was on, I was fucking way into it. I had the Megazords and everything. I was I was big into Power Rangers. So um, I'm just thinking. So Power Rangers came out in '93. So I would have been in. I would have been doing my VCE when Power Rangers came out. So yeah, a bit um, older. Yeah, I was a bit older, so I I never really got into the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, but I'm happy to. Um, I mean, from everything I understand, and someone's probably going to scream at me for saying this, it's basically just a live action Voltron ripoff. Was was Voltron not live action at all? Was that only a, a, a anime cartoon? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know the yeah, so specifics of how they did it all, but like the original run of like Power Rangers, any scene, all the all the fight scenes where they were in costume, that was direct from Super Sentai, like a Japanese martial arts show. And then any time that it was like at the school with the American actors, that was the only like original footage they did. They just like let's make this like school drama, and then like uh, when there's action, it's like. You don't see the faces because this is some Japanese TV show that was made years ago. <laughs> like, I think it was made, like, in the 80s or something. 
but this movie is the 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 first, it was all original apparently okay or some somewhat um specifically made for the movie and not just repurposed footage yeah now i'm i'm definitely going to get yelled at for this am i right in saying they basically every episode ends up with them getting big starting starting to fight one on one against the big bad getting beaten and then merging together into a giant fighting thing and then winning. No, I think I figured that even as I was a stupid kid, I managed to figure out that the formula to the show was that would be like normal size and the Power Rangers would, uh, as soon as they start getting the upper hand, Rita Repulsa or whoever the um, the head villain of the season was would like do some sort of magic thing to shoot the their, their villain of the week to get like Godzilla size. And then it's like, all right, now we've got to... Our powers combine, Captain Planet, and get big. <laughs> and then they'd be fighting like on a Godzilla sort of on a miniature set thing. And then yeah. vanquish the uh, the villain, and then uh, it would be like happy days. And that was like every week. I think when there was like yep. two parter episodes, that's the only time they they went a bit different and they felt a bit special. So, but I was a big fan back in the day. So look, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've never seen the movie. Alright, well, I'm, I'm happy to watch it. Yeah, well, you don't have a fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was either this or there was some other movie I've, I found, and but then it wasn't any way to, to watch. I can't remember what, it, what that movie was. Okay. So, is that the end of the show? I think it is. Alright, so the no- 90s version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, um, is next month's show. Yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you for joining me again this month. And um, again, special shout out to Sean for um, for sending in those comments. We do appreciate it. And we will catch everyone next month. See you later. Bye.